0: listening to more than a season podcast with ashley and Brittany. join us as we walk
2: through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry real authentic behind the scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses grab a drink sit back and listen because we are about to get real hey you
0: yeah you stop listening press pause and if you're on apple podcasts scroll down to the ratings and reviews select five stars and give us a review
2: And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are so excited for this episode because this was one of the nominations that you guys sent in. So Brittany and I have been counting down the minutes (laughs) to bring her onto the podcast. So we are not going to ruin the surprise and we will let her just kick it off and get started and tell us who she is. Hi,
1: I'm Jasmine Poteet, my husband is Hank Poteet, and he is currently the cornerback coach at the University of Toledo. We're stationed here in Toledo, Ohio, and that is the very tail end of our story.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I want want to go to the beginning, because every time someone (laughs) says that's where we are at, I know that that's not the beginning. So let's go back, how did y'all meet? Beginning of the journey. Okay,
1: so full disclosure, I did not know anything about football. I met my husband at college through my roommate. He was my roommate or is my roommate's brother. And so through the years of me being in school, he kind of hinted off that he liked me and I was just like, no. That's not a thing. Like, you're my roommate's brother. It's weird. Fast forward towards the end of our college years. I moved back home to New York City, where I'm from, and he continued to pursue me. At this point, he had, well, he was drafted. And I had no idea what I was getting into dating a football player. I mean, I'm from a city that does not have football, and I've never dated or even been around the culture. So as he's calling me, I'm just like, yeah, I don't think I'm that interested because you're really, really, really busy. And I think your busy cannot trump my busy. (laughs) So... I kind of was just like, this is not going anywhere. But long and behold, we met, we dated, and it was love at first sight. And then I ended up packing everything and moving to Pittsburgh because that is where he was at. So Hank played for the NFL for 10 years. And I started the journey with him day one. And we moved from Pittsburgh to, I am not, don't, can't even remember the order, but like Tampa and North Carolina and... The Patriots and the Jets, and we ended up in the Browns. I guess I can't bypass the Patriots without saying that we were blessed to have a Super Bowl ring there. And just when I thought like the career cannot reach its ultimate high, we were pretty much winding down because, you know, year seven and eight, it just seems unrealistic to be in the league still at this point. Then comes the Super Bowl, and we still roll on. So we ended up in Cleveland, and um, that's pretty much where that journey of the NFL stopped. Wow. Um,
0: First of all, I have to say I'm a huge Patriots fan. So the fact that you guys were there for the Super Bowl is just so cool. It like speaks to my childhood heart. So that makes me (laughs) really happy. But you just like picked up and moved in with him right off the bat. So tell us a little bit about that. Like what were you doing before? I know you graduated obviously college and everything, but like what was your journey looking like Before that, what did you want to do? And then why did you decide to just go ahead and move in with him?
1: So I actually still had about a semester left in school. And we were just way in love and way in over our heads that we actually made a baby. And so the pregnancy prompted me to say, I'm I have to leave New York and go into Pittsburgh. Because the truth is that I did not want to be raising a child by myself or going through my first pregnancy by myself. And so neither did he and we wanted to experience it together. So I moved to Pittsburgh, I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I literally cried half the time. And it wasn't because you know, I was Hormonal. It was because I went from being in New York City to like you just dropped me off in the middle of nowhere in Pittsburgh. And it was challenging. It was really challenging because, I, again, I did not understand the culture. So the idea that I would leave all of this for a football player was like really foreign to me. I'm, I was just like, I don't understand. Once I got there, I realized that I started looking at the whole career, the whole industry from a different lens. Because, again, since I didn't grow up in that culture, my empathy and my passion wasn't on the field. It was more off the field. It made sense that as soon as I moved in with Hank, we pretty much joined a partnership. I essentially played the role not only of his romantic partner, but also as his off-the-field partner, which... Kept me busy with managing a lot of his, just anything from auction signing or autograph sessions to hiring and firing agents and accounting and building relationships with people off the field that would in turn, I knew that it would set him up for something later on in life and set us up.
2: Girl, you figured that out. That's awesome. We don't hear that side. Like I have never heard that before. And I think that that is amazing that you took that role and- Really, made it into something of your own and not just sat back and were kind of like, I'm miserable. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So when you start moving around and you went to all these different places, did you make friends along the way? Did you figure out how to make that community each time?
1: Yeah, it was pretty interesting because, I mean, I just can say that this is really the, the way that God had paved the way for us. Because we ended up going to teams that there were a lot of veterans on there. So essentially, we were taken under by a lot of people that had already been in there for a while, and they were just getting us familiar, and I had a lot of influential women. And it just amazes me now that I see like what the vibes and the culture is now, how different it is, because when I tell you that some of my closest friends were husbands who were like eight-time Pro Bowlers and you know, five-time Super Bowl winners, because – None of that really mattered to them. We really understood what the community was. And so as soon as I moved anywhere, it was just like I was taken in by them. I was shown the ropes and I would meet the moms on the team. And I also just try to make myself available for people outside of the community as well and reach out, do some volunteering, kind of just make my name a main name for myself while I'm in the city that I'm at. So you were talking in the beginning
0: about how you didn't really know like what this football culture was what was like the
1: biggest shock to you when you kind of got into it definitely the schedule I had no idea how intense the schedule was I had no idea that but they don't have any control of their schedule like their set days or set days you know vacation I mean I, I was so naive that I thought it was a brilliant idea to schedule an entire wedding on a bye week not knowing that we could easily be released or cut, which we did and had to <laughs> cancel all the invitations and reschedule our wedding for the off season when everybody else gets married. <laughs> you see, these are things that little things like that. I just thought that, oh, like, no, I'm in control of this. We're going to do this. It doesn't work like that with football. Football really does have a lot of control of your time and your schedule. And so I think to me, that was the biggest shocker.
2: Yeah, that (laughs) the (laughs) schedule, I'm just laughing because I'm like, man, I thought I wanted a fall wedding, and then I was told no. So I definitely feel the pain with that. But okay, now that you have summed up the NFL career, I want to move on to coaching. So I want to know when that transition was and what was going through your head because you were probably like,
1: Okay, I just got adjusted. It's different and then there's some parallels. So um, I would say leading up to that last year, I kind of knew there was an intuition and I'm I'm really good friends with my husband's agent. So we were talking and we kind of knew that this would probably be the last year So I I would, I mean, I'm not going to discredit, you know, the God-given ability that was given to my husband, but I would say that I was definitely trying to figure out and look at the different characteristics that were within him to help him figure out what he wanted to do next. So with that being said, he had about maybe four or five classes that he needed to finish in college. And he did that in the spring of his last year with the Browns. As he was doing that, I'm like, babe, you should consider coaching only because it just made so much sense. It didn't make sense, and I tell people this all the time. It didn't make sense because you go from a player to a coach. No, that absolutely does not make sense because some people can play and some people can teach, and it's not for everyone. It just made sense because he came from he definitely came from a background of mentor. I mean, his father is a superintendent, his mother started her career in a high school developing a program for children or teenage girls, and now is the owner of a daycare. So that mentorship was embedded in him. And I've seen that characteristic to him. So he said, no way, I don't want to do that. I think he was being a little rebellious, but nonetheless, he tried out, a good friend of his was at an NAIA school. And he said, just come over and, you know, just try it. Two years into the league, we had established a base home because I always wanted to have a home for my children, no matter what happened. Like we would always be able to go back to square one. So um, the kids and I stayed back home, which was Delaware at the time, and he went on this coaching gig in Kentucky and came back a couple months later, and he absolutely loved it. I can see the glow in his eyes, and we just never looked back from there. The next opportunity he took was with the Pittsburgh Panthers over at, at his alma mater, and he was excited. He was a GA then. We sold our house because that was the difference. In the league, you have the opportunity to come back and kind of float. When we got to college, we knew that wherever we landed, it was going to be home, and we didn't have the extra luxury to just go on a separate vacation at second home. That was the biggest change for us: was leaving that safe haven of a you know security blanket that we had created for ten years. But it was definitely a leap of faith, and we haven't looked back at it. So he ended up with the Pitt Panthers, and then we spent two seasons at. Kent State, and now he's here. I think this is his third or fourth season. To be honest, I I like stop counting. I'm, like, dying laughing. I'm, like, thinking in
2: my head, I'm like, girl, how many football games have you experienced? Yeah. Like, wow.
0: Well, and I, I'm just going back to, too, like, a lot of people, and we always, we love to hear this point of view because we don't have kids. So I'm going back to you're moving these kids, and when you said you had a home base in Delaware, that's awesome. What did that look like when you transferred to Kentucky, and then you were, like, okay, just kidding, we're going to move again to Kent State, and then now you guys are in Toledo.
1: Right. So... Now being in college, I can see there's like a, a huge difference. So now it's funny because I went from kind of being the baby in the NFL to being almost like a veteran in college. And what I mean by that is because once we entered, I think my oldest was in sixth grade, and my youngest might have been in first grade when we made our first move. So by then, I have kind of left behind the toddler years and the newborn years. Throughout that time, I would say that I definitely, I'm a delegator, and I recruit. And <laughs> and I do that hard. So I find the neighbors that I like to babysit and I love cute kids. And, you know, I ask them to help out while I can run errands or while I can also juggle other things. So that played a big role. I mean, anywhere I moved, I made it my business to find the community of anybody from dog sitting to, you know, house sitting to whatever the case is. I just always did that. So I also homeschooled the kids. So my oldest, she pretty much stayed at home with me and it was just kind of easy to just love her around when I needed to. But then there was also times where I just stayed put. You know, we ha- we did the long distance relationship thing, depending on the situation. It's all situational. Whether it, it benefited us to move as a family or not, we did. In college, I would say it's different because you already know the time is shorter so, we definitely were going to take the ride with him. Again, we've been kind of blessed in the fact that the, we've been in Ohio totally about seven or eight years. So, my oldest was able to pretty much start school and finish. She's graduated. She's actually a sophomore in college. We have a sophomore in college, you yeah. My middle one is a sophomore in high school. She's 15. And my youngest, he's an eighth grader, he's 13. So, the kids have had a solid life here in Ohio. Although we made the two moves, they weren't really drastic. And we, you know, they're busy with sports. They're busy with their own life. I would say this, we also have had job opportunities that we've just had to turn down, to be quite honest. I'm going to be completely transparent. We've had job opportunities that probably have made more sense, but we've always put family first. And if it didn't benefit all of us, like we wanted my, my daughter not to keep moving in high school. And that was like a deal breaker for us. So we just kind of sacrificed that. So there are things that we're willing to sacrifice to make sure that they have some type of stability and you just got to figure out what works for you and your family. So. Yeah, that's
2: all awesome words of wisdom because we get asked a lot and we're curious in general, just because when they get to a certain age, they make their friends they have their groups their routine and then you know you have that conversation so was there something that you said to your kiddos on i bet they understand cuz they've been in the lifestyle
1: but just do you all sit down as a family? We do. We do include them in the process, especially the older ones. Every time we move, we have a we sit down. We have a family meeting. We let them know that this is this is an option, and we let them know the pros and cons, and we also let them know that we are going to do the best that we can to uproot them and put them in a position where they are in a familiar territory. So I t- actually start the process maybe about if I have a heads up, right? Well, actually, I would say this: it, it, the transition usually takes place between December and February, and that timeline, I will not move until June or July, depending on the situation. So I let the kids finish out their school and their sports. Three months before June and July, I start the process with the kids of going to visit the city. So we go to visit the city, we go to look at the city, we spend time there, almost like a little vacation, we spend weekends there. I set up different school tours so I allow the kids to pick different schools and go on tours and see which school best fits them and it seems like you know they could make friends so I kind of do that three months before we move so they get there and they already know they already know what their school looks like they already know what their neighborhood looks like they already know you know that the grocery store is down the street or whatever it is they're kind of like familiar so it's not like it's weird to them.
0: What a great idea. We literally have never heard that. That is so smart. I love that because I feel like then you're including them in the process and they also can feel like, oh, I picked this out. Oh, I picked out our school or maybe I picked out our home or helped pick out our home. That's awesome. I love that. So when you guys are doing all of these moves and all of this craziness is going on, what do you guys do to make time for each other? What's like your special time just between the two of you?
1: Oh, gosh. You know, that. <laughs> I think that we're still working on that because to be honest, we're so close. And now I feel like every time we get the opportunity to figure out how to make time for us to something else happens. Like right now we have a college student. So, of course, anytime she can get home, we just want to like just love on her and kind of be like, OK, the party of five again. But. You know, we try to find date nights. We try to go out, grab something to Evo. It's a pandemic right now. so. But we try to just, I we do ice cream. We do drive-by ice cream. I love ice cream. So we, we'll do some drive-by ice cream. Anytime we just get in the car and we just go out. Like, we'll just say like, let's go to like CVS. The other day was at Whole Foods. Like, for no apparent reason, we just ended up at Whole Foods. So any opportunity that we can just get out the house and just hear each other out. And a lot of times lately that has been in the car, that works fine for us.
2: Yeah, I love the confidence with that plan because we've learned from interviewing all of these women that it's like grab time where you can get it and really just, I mean, put that away in your pocket and just keep filling it because that's the best that you can do and that's what you should stick with. And I do want to know what you do because we have learned all about his journey and your family's (laughs) journey and I love it all, but I know that with your ambition and drive that I have just heard in the past couple minutes, you... Have been doing something, so please tell us what you're up to.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it. So I currently, well, about last year this time, I launched uh, my own company. It's called P and Ten Lifestyle Management, and so what that entails is working with athletes, right? <laughs> Cause who better? And so I, I'm a life coach, or I like to consider myself a sports lifestyle coach for athletes that are transitioning from college into the NFL or that are in the NFL and trying to look for that space. I, I just want to be that voice and that advocate for players and athletes to realize that athletes are just not one dimensional. Like, yes, you're an athlete and that's your talent. And that's going to take you as far as it can take you, but that does come to an end. And there's so many more talents within you. And I've seen way too many veterans just sit down for so many years, and I've seen the dark and the ugly that they have to go through when they no longer feel like they're part of that brotherhood, and they no longer feel that fraternity, and it's lonely, you know, it's lonely, and so I'm just trying to grab them young, grab them early, to encourage them to find their purpose and their passion and pursue that because you can pursue that while you're still doing sports I think that that just makes you a better person and makes you a better husband and makes you a better father somebody asked my husband the other day um because I I do love football like I'm obsessed with football so I like I'll sit on my couch all Saturday morning sports but someone asked my husband the other day what did your wife say about the game or um, what did your wife say about this game because they know I'm a sports enthusiast and he said you know, my wife might say two things, and that's about it. Our conversations in the house about sports is like this. It's really, really small, and it's because we decided that sports, him being an athlete and being an athlete professional, was not going to take over our house. Like it just was not going to take over our house. Like we wanted to have more interest. Our kids traveled. We just wanted to be multidimensional, and it just we just did not want to put all of our focus and our emotions because this can be an emotional roller coaster our emotions, just based on sports, we didn't want to have those highs and lows in life, just based on that. So I just want to encourage players to do the and athletes to do the same thing to, to know that they can follow their passion and the purpose outside of just the number on their jersey and what people identify them with.
0: That's I love cool. that. Yeah, that's a really cool and unique way to spin, I guess, a life coach because, you know, you hear about life coaches all the time, but I was an athlete in college as well. And I think that's, so important. I always thought about that, you know, like people that get this cushy lifestyle kind of as an athlete, and then you come out of it and you're, you're forced to do all of these things on your own. So where did this really like start for you? Was it with your husband and being in this industry or how did you like spark this whole journey?
1: It was with my husband. As soon as um him and I got together, I just seen the lack of knowledge that he kind of had towards things. And it wasn't his fault. It's just because there was a lot that was done for him automatically, and I've seen how he depended on a lot of people to move a lot of pieces, and and I've seen other players do the same thing. And I just thought to myself, when those pieces are no longer available to them, this is going to be really ugly. Because see, unlike agents and unlike advisors and unlike all the other people that are in their life they pay these people and the people have an interest right so as long as they're active the people want part pardon them it's not like that for me whether you're an athlete or you get cut tomorrow or you reach a different goal like i still want to back you up I, i'm still in your corner i'm still supporting you so i feel like they just don't have that they don't have that missing piece that's when it's far for me i want it to be that for my husband And I wanted to be that for other athletes. And now being in college and seeing that the guys kind of get groomed and having my son, 13 year old boy, I see how they get groomed into it really young. It was important for me to be able to know that there is more and how to take advantage of your resources. I mean, they have so many resources and they don't even know.
2: I think that that is such a cool way to feel called until it make it into your own because A lot of the times, you know, we're all trying to figure it out, like how to fit and where we can do our best to make everything a better place. And I think that's wonderful that you have felt that mentorship and leadership, because yes, they do come out and they're given these big contracts and they're like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do with all this? And who am I? Like, how do I do these things? So I think that's wonderful, no matter what phase of life that they're in, that you're mentoring them. I do want to ask you about um, having a kid in college. While your husband's
0: coaching in college, is that, has that been
1: difficult? It has been difficult. She goes to school, she's away. She goes to school in Maryland, so she's about eight hours from us. The, The ironic thing about it is he's warned her not to date football players, right, or anybody on the football team, but she's had a boyfriend who plays for Penn State, and he's a football player since she was in the ninth grade, so I'm like, I think that... Won't work, babe. (laughs) It has been. So that's been difficult. She's also an athlete. She runs track. So he kind of teeters on dad and coach. So some conversations, you know, he's full-blown dad. And then some conversations, he's like, so what happened at practice today? And how does your hamstring feel? I think it's definitely brought them closer together because, you know, they have that common talk.
2: Yeah, that's funny. I was about to ask that. Like, is he a coach or is he, you know, he's got that fine line between coach and dad. So that is so funny that he's like, hey, how's the stretching going today? (laughs) So you said that you had no idea what you were getting yourself into or this lifestyle. Was your family and friends like, what is happening when you were doing all this?
1: So. my family and friends were absolutely like, what is happening? My best friend, she knew immediately, she was like, you are head over heels on this guy. And this is going to be your husband. And that's that. And she was a football fan. She was probably the only football person I knew in my life. And so she understood somewhat. But my mother, like, even up until this day, she's like, so what team is it? Is it the blue team or the red team? Is it number 12 or one? And I'm like, mom, he plays defense. And she's like, well, what is defense? They're clueless. My brothers, they, you know, they're big sports people. So they love, they love the idea, but it was definitely a shocker. I I think at first my family was like, weirded out about the idea. Like, are they really married? Are they not married? Are they sometimes married? Because there were a lot of functions that I had to attend by myself. And because nobody knew, like, why do you keep booking things in like the season, you know? So no one would understand, like, it's in season. I, I mean, I still have to tell my mother-in-law when we can't go over to her house for Thanksgiving, why we can't go over to her house for Thanksgiving. And we've only been doing this for 20 years. So... So we actually we,
2: just did an episode about that how the holidays and people asking and they're like i feel like we just had this conversation yeah. like a year ago
0: so what does that look like then for you for the holidays since you've been in this for a really long time we need all of your advice for what you guys do to make the holidays special
1: i i love hosting so we always we're always at my house and i welcome whoever to, wants to come over to come over and that's pretty much it no big deal sometimes we have like players come over depending on the schedule so that's nice because they can get to come over the night before I might do a pre-Thanksgiving. It's kind of weird though because I think the last couple of Thanksgiving we've always had a game on Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving and that's pretty common in college and so he's either away at the hotel or will just come like for a couple hours and eat and then leave. He used to be the one to say the grace over the food but he's kind of got like demoted because sometimes he'll pop in at like six and it's just like, no, we're so hungry. It's not. <laughs> I think my family has uh, put a stop on that. So this, we, we pretty much stay home and invite folks over.
2: No, that's awesome. He got demoted from saying great. <laughs> I've never heard that. That is too funny. Yeah. We were, we were talking in our episode basically of taking the time that you have and making it magical. And th- we were stumped on ideas for kids, like growing up, if you aren't having Christmas in your home, what would you do to make it so magical? So was there any time that you guys were in a hotel and you're like, okay, this is Christmas?
1: Yeah, we've had that a couple of times. We had that once, once in the league and once in uh, college, you know, I packed as much as I could in a suitcase and kind of made it a Christmas thing and kind of did that. I like to go with the idea of Santa. My husband did not like the idea, but we went along with it. We just kind of was always like Santa brings the gifts only to the house. So my neighbors, thank God for them, we would like have all the gifts over at their house. And then they would come and like sneak everything under the tree and prep the tree, make sure the lights were on. So when we got home, whether it was two days after Christmas or three, the kids knew that Santa had arrived and thank God, you know, everything was in place. So that's pretty much, again, relying on that community to help out and, you know, make this fairytale work. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. smart. I love that idea,
0: and I love being able to use your community and rely on them. We really touch on that, especially in all of our episodes. Everyone that we've interviewed has said that, so we love that component.
2: But I do want to ask, and we ask this every single time on the podcast, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing at the beginning of either the NFL journey or the coaching journey, what would you tell your younger self that you know now?
1: I don't know. I'm a strong believer in there's a reason for every season. And so I really, really try not to look back to a specific season in my life and think about why it didn't pan out that way and how it could have changed. And although I know that there is advice my younger self can have um, benefited from, I just kind of feel like that would remove some of my faults and my mistakes. So even with like Pantene, I'll tell you really short, this has been something that I want. It has been my baby for a really really, really long time. And people that know me knew and were excited when I made it public because they knew that it was something that I was passionate about. And the reason why it was still was because I had to serve different hats at the time of Hank playing professionally and then us transitioning and coaching. And it wasn't that I took the back seat. It's just that there was so much more in me that I had to learn. And there was so much more work with my kids there were just other things that kind of was putting the puzzle together to where it's at now and this puzzle is still being put together so I just fairly I don't even know like one answer to think because like I said I just kind of go
2: off of that model no that's the perfect answer actually because I think that moving forward and realizing how you've been built and the trials and even if it was a good time the highs and the lows it builds you to be the person that you are today and the success that you have and we could talk to you all day and I I think I mean I can speak for Brittany and say that basically your ambition and your attitude and just how genuine you are is so contagious and I I want all of that yes (laughs) I want it all Uh, we definitely understand
0: why people nominated you because we are just already like ready to go now yeah we feel like we got a life coach session yeah we did
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you ladies I really appreciate it I honestly appreciate you guys reaching out because I just think that you know it's great that other females can reach out to other females and we share you know we're in this together and we share different type of perspectives and we can bring that knowledge I love that I love to learn from others And so I was excited when you guys reached out.
2: Well, thank you so much for joining us and everyone that's listening. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on more than a season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at
0: morethanaseason__womensguide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at
2: Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.